Chapter Fifteen of Recollections of Imperial Russia by Mariel Buchanan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Spirit of Bolshevism, the Russia of the Rurik princes, when Kiev the Golden, encircled by her white walls, shone like a city of amber and pearl above the yellow Dnieper. Russia, bound and bleeding under the pitiless rule of the Mongolian Tartars the russia of the tsars when the white walls of the kremlin enclosed the clustering palaces and churches the court that was half monastic and half eastern the russia of the emperors with a society that copied the cosmopolitan brilliance of paris it seems incredible that it has all been swept away that there is nothing left and that the russia that exists to-day is a new russia different to anything that has ever gone before and what is it that has taken the place of the old empire a country that has been ostracized by the great powers of europe a country where a tyrannical rule of terror calls itself communism or the free independence of the people where religion is debased and children are taught to be lawless and immoral people who do not know russia shrug their shoulders in despair why is there no man to lead an organized rising against the bolsheviks why were they not driven from the country before they became all-powerful how could a solitary group of men overthrow a government tyrannize and cow into utter subjection a whole people keep their hold during all these years and to all these questions one can only really give the one obscure and indefinite explanation the mentality and psychology of the russian people inherited from centuries of oppressions from a mixture of oriental blood and the apathetic fatalism engendered by years of eastern domination the violent upheaval under the reign of peter the great who tried to complete in a lifetime the work of a century and left the country breathless gasping and unsettled in the new conditions he had imposed with such an iron hand the erratic idle governing of elizabeth the extravagance of catherine's court the mad tyrannical rule of paul the firm autocracy of nicholas each in turn had left their impress on the russian people the ukasi passed by alexander too liberating the serfs did little to ameliorate the situation aggravated as it was by the growing infection of the nihilists the terrorists who started the assassination of notable men the socialist revolutionaries the social democrats one by one the different secret societies were formed by men with the brains of crazy dreamers and eyes that saw impossible visions always beneath the surface the cauldron of sedition and discontent seethed and boiled while the oppression of the secret police added to the people's smouldering anger at any moment might come the dreaded tramp of feet the thundering knock at the door the figures in the hated uniforms and old men young boys and girls arrested on the faintest suspicion of nihilist sympathies dragged off to prison lost perhaps for ever on the grim roads to siberia that land of exile from which so many never returned for so long had the russian people dreamt of liberty for so long it had been presented to them in glowing colours for so long had they pictured it and the joys it would bring and when it was given them they shattered it to pieces like a child who chasing a butterfly clutches at the luminous transparent wings and tears them with eager ungentle hands liberty equality fraternity 
how could the true meaning of those words penetrate to the poor untutored minds of men taxed and beaten by mongolian tyranny treated almost as animals used as cannon fodder sacrificed mercilessly to the grasping ambition of princes and emperors thrown away and wasted in hundreds and thousands by the hopeless inefficiency of some intemperate self-indulgent general the revolution of march nineteen seventeen cutting the ground from under their feet leaving nothing stable or firm sent them drifting helplessly like a flock of sheep without a leader ready to assimilate the bolshevik propaganda which promised the realization of all the dreams that had been in their minds for centuries can one wonder that they followed blindly that caught up in the flood they were swept away infected by the madness of destruction unable to reason blind and drunk and insane in nineteen eighteen or nineteen nineteen there was a picture in the academy called the bolshevik it portrayed just simply a man's head and shoulders against a huge red flag that spread itself out behind him as if driven by the same fanatical fury that possessed the man himself with his wide-open mouth and bloodshot crazy eyes i remember the shudder that went through me as i stopped before that picture for that man was not a phantom illusion the painter had wrought out of his own imagination i had seen that same face with its scrubble of dirty beard its evil eyes alight with the maniac flame of fanaticism thrust into the open door of the motor demanding in hoarse threatening tones that we should alight i had seen it lit up by the flickering flames of the fires at street corners scowling ferociously from under a greasy fur cap i had seen it even as in the picture convulsed by the fury of oratory i had stood and listened to the words that poured from those crazy lips and i had watched the effect on the listening crowd of the speech that called on the proletariat of the world to overthrow the existing order of things to wade in the blood of men women and children to strike without pity or compassion to march onwards through ruin and havoc to overthrow religion and laws capitalism and education to devastate to massacre and build a new world for the workmen from the smoking blood-soaked ruins of the old that man's face typified the spirit of bolshevism for him neither sanity nor common sense existed he was swept away by the torrent of his own eloquence and the world was all lit up by the fierce light of his own madness red as the scarlet flag that blew out behind him crazy and insane as those theories he expounded as those pictures of a world governed by communism and equal liberty the spirit of bolshevism the word that only seven years ago had never been heard of that represents a force greater than armies the word that is the bitter enemy of civilization and progress bolshevism sweeping away the new democratic government as well as the old autocracy crouching a gray wolf on the crumbling ruins with bared fangs and red-rimmed eyes that watch and wait insatiable pitiless unsleeping little did europe guess the full significance of the russian revolution at first only a whisper in the air then a growing unrest a low underworld thunder that communicated itself in a sense of strange feverish restlessness a spirit of unusual activity cloudless days of brilliant winter sunshine everybody keyed up to a breathless expectation for the opening of the duma 
when it was rumoured that a great rising of the people was to take place for which the government was preparing with patrols of fully armed cossacks with hidden machine-guns and forces of police in a quiet unbroken and breathless the day came and went and yet though many pretended that the danger was over the sense of strain continued till less than a fortnight later the storm broke with an overwhelming force the thunder of falling masonry the clash and clatter of breaking chains arriving back from the unconscious peace of the country where no whisper had reached us of the stormy days of shooting in the capital and plunged suddenly into the breathless succession of tremendous happenings it is perhaps the drive from the station in the early morning that stands out the most clearly in my mind it is very often the space of time just before a catastrophe that seems impregnated with the force of the hours whose actions are still hidden in the darkness of the future and on the morning of march twelfth nineteen seventeen the storm had not yet broken in all its violence but the deathly silence of the waiting city was a thing never to be forgotten there were the same wide streets the same great solemn palaces the same gold spires and domes rising out of the frozen pearl-tinted mists and yet all somehow abnormal weird held in a spell of baleful stillness and everywhere emptiness no lines of toiling carts no shrieking yellow trams up the nevsky no little ambling sledges across the great white emptiness of the palace square and then as we turned out into the palace quay the solitary figure of the policeman who always was on guard at this corner stood out in dark and sinister significance in the waste of deserted streets and ice-bound river round him the utter silence behind him on the opposite shore the low grim walls of the fortress and the imperial flag of russia that for the last time fluttered against the winter sky later during that day all the policemen found by the crowd were brutally done to death and the white fixed face of that one man who from his old post had saluted us as we passed haunted me with a dreadful persistence symbol as he was of the old order that had gone for ever of the russia we had known swept away in the cataclysm of this new power whose strength was a thing still unguessed at he must have known as he buckled on his uniform in the grey darkness of that early morning the danger that was threatening the temper of the crowd savage with the memory of countless wrongs to be avenged did he kiss his wife and did she wait for him in vain through the long hours of that memorable day one man amidst millions what did he count for after all one little atom blown along the road to eternity by the fierce gale of revolution the red flag had replaced the imperial standard on the fortress and the emperors buried in the white and gold cathedral must have stirred in their sleep hearing the rattle of machine-guns across the neva an icy wind that drove down the quays a flurry of snow flitting figures that ran in the shadows the crack of rifles the hoarse sound of cheering the mighty crash of falling monarchy that was the revolution of march nineteen seventeen but the word bolshevik was still an unknown terror that was to come later mentioned at first with a half scornful shrug of the shoulders a passing smile as the meaning was explained the greater or the larger party the more extreme socialists distinguished so from the mensheviki or lesser party a handful of crazy fanatics exiled from russia for their revolutionary ideas 
the riff-raff of political prisons come through germany in a mysterious train with sealed doors and windows it was a story that did credit to a sensational melodrama or cinema what harm could these wild men do to the great realm of holy russia but the soldiers now that there was no emperor to fight for now that there was no figurehead to look up to no order and discipline to keep them together wandering like straying children demoralized and idle were ripe for the insidious bolshevik propaganda and already something malignant and sinister seemed to hover on the horizon like a hideous bird of prey something wicked and baneful grinned from the red flags fluttering from all the windows something that was grim and horrible lurked in shadowed doorways and crept on noiseless feet behind one down the streets slowly gradually almost imperceptibly that consciousness of evil seemed to grow the phantom of threatening wings spread an enormous shadow across the sky the name one had questioned and smiled at became one of menace and terror the madness it bred was to be read plainer and plainer in the sullen faces of the workmen and soldiers in the growing discourtesy that encountered one on all sides in the half-veiled threats that followed one the looks of ominous hate one met and tried to avoid for so long had the lower classes cowered under the power of supreme autocracy inbred in them through the centuries were the remains of countless acts of injustice of endless sufferings now they could throw back the insults they could refuse to obey the tentatively made requests they could assert their independence they were beginning to realize the power of this new freedom like a savage animal released from captivity they stretched themselves a moment uncertain still how to use their strength and at every street corner there were orators expounding their heresies every day every hour there were meetings with speeches that fanned the ever-increasing frenzy a burning stream of words growing to a devastating flood breaking down the bridges and bulwarks of reason sweeping away the credulous easily swayed peasant minds of the army for bolshevism is essentially a doctrine easily preached a theory that clothes itself in glowing colors a policy with a number of catchwords that make it full of bombastic promises for future well-being the untutored minds of the people reaching out of their darkness caught and clung to those resplendent promises the assurance that bread would be plentiful that the war would finish speedily that there would be equal land riches and liberty for all how the miracle was to be accomplished or how once accomplished the country was to be governed they did not ask carried away as they were by that blazing oratory madness catching fire alike in the eyes of those that spoke and those that listened and every day the terror that skulked in the shadows grew more distinct every day the shops grew emptier the horses thinner the drivers more surly more exorbitant in their demands a weight of silence seemed to stifle the activity of the city the people passing glanced at each other half fearfully as if always expecting a hidden enemy to confront them with a brandished revolver and never on any face did one see a smile never down the wide grey streets did one hear the echo of a laugh always one felt with an indefinable sense of oppression that one was in the presence of death the growing filth of the streets and here a window that was broken a lamp-post that had been knocked down a paving-stone that had been displaced a cart without a wheel that lay on the side of the road a heap of rubbish thrown from a window which nobody had troubled to remove 
soldiers slouching everywhere their uniforms in varying stages of dirt and disorder armed workmen who growled out unspeakable insults as they passed guards with fixed bayonets challenging one at every corner and when night came covering spire and dome and palace no lamps to light the dense enveloping darkness and now and then in the silence a shot a sudden hunted cry of pain and fear the rattling bark of a machine-gun the roar of a passing motor with shaded lights bristling with evil-looking bayonets bent on god knows what errand of destruction and with it all always the sense of implacable evil whose full force of devastation was yet to come that was early in nineteen eighteen the two years that followed were years of such nightmare hideousness as the world has seldom seen first came the darkness the electricity completely cut off no gas no oil for lamps and presently no wax for candles occasionally people were able to fabricate little glimmering lights made of cork or flax but for the most part during the endless winter evenings stretching into the gray mornings the citizens of petersburg cowered in their rooms staring with aching eyes into the blackness where visions of horror painted themselves driving many to raving madness then came the cold the perfect system of heating which had made russian houses so marvellously comfortable even on the most bitter winter days long ago fallen into disrepair through neglect and lack of fuel the price of wood beyond all reason books papers old photographs burnt to produce a momentary glow people living wrapped up in fur coats and high felt boots water-pipes freezing and bursting and nobody to mend them windows very often broken by bullets or the wanton love of destruction of the red guards making their frequent requisitions for arms or incriminating documents then grim and terrible striking despair and fear into all hearts came hunger with disease following close behind i don't think we can really have any conception of what that hunger meant the government had started communal kitchens where the citizens divided into four sections received their daily ration according to their class the first class of the workmen or factory hands received the highest portion the fourth class in which were reckoned the bourgeois the proprietors and merchants received the least a small piece of black bread one salted fish that was generally uneatable sometimes a cup of tepid greasy water that was given the courtesy title of soup a russian girl told me that once having occasion to go and see one of the bolshevik leaders she was told to wait in the kitchen that being the fit place for one of the hated bourgeois her father had died of starvation a few days earlier she herself was faint from long weeks of hunger and waiting in the kitchen till the great man condescended to receive her she watched the white-capped chef preparing his dinner a steaming soup of vegetables ham potatoes things that all seemed to belong to another world she told me that she had not believed it was possible to suffer such physical agony as well as such mental rage as she endured during those hours of waiting watching those dishes being prepared thinking of her dead father her mother who was growing daily weaker her own hunger driven to maddened acuteness by the smell of food enforcing communism and the nationalization and monopoly of all industries on russia the bolsheviks themselves took care not to suffer from their principles abandoning petrograd like rats leaving a sinking ship taking refuge in the kremlin at moscow surrounding themselves with every comfort 
and meanwhile the horses died by hundreds and were caught up as they fell cats dogs the very pigeons and sparrows were killed and eaten people passed each other unseeing their eyes fixed in the pale stare of hunger swaying as they walked too weak to get up again if stumbling they lost their footing and fell but even the famine was not enough of suffering to add to the despair and misery there was the dreaded cheka or extraordinary commission formed by the inhuman Dzerzhinsky, a sort of secret police to fight any counter-revolutionary movement so perfect was the system of espionage organized that the very walls had ears and people hardly dared look at each other lest some agent of the cheka should creep up behind them interpret in that look some hidden meaning drag them off to prison have them shot most likely after a mock trial in which they would not be allowed to defend themselves the ghastliness of those bolshevik prisons cannot be described the swarm of vermin that covered the walls and flung themselves on each new arrival crawling over him in a few seconds in one moving mass the lack of space the unspeakable dirt and smell the famine and disease whatever the faults of russia had been and however greatly the upper classes had sinned surely they paid in full and overflowing measure during those years of terror and despair when the soul of the whole country was baptized in fire and god seemed to have forgotten his people the revolutionaries themselves the great patriots who had suffered for their liberal ideas turned in horror from the orgy of blood and terror of the bolshevik regime madame brechkovrichkovsky known as the grandmother of the revolution returning from her long exile in siberia only to fly to Omsk and die of a broken heart prince kropotkin imprisoned at seventy-six by the men who had desecrated his ideals of liberty and many others exiled imprisoned or condemned to death for trying to preach moderation to men like trotsky zinoviev or Dzerzhinsky. but even the bolsheviks had to see that it was impossible to govern by absolute communism lenin the master brain the only one perhaps who had any real ideals acknowledged the failure with a certain grim bitterness now food can be procured again though at exorbitant prices in moscow and petersburg the shops are open the restaurants crowded the electric light restored the roads repaired people knowing nothing of the real russia go there for a time and come back full of admiration for the restoration of trade and commerce the wonderful organization of the schools the music and lights the high ideals of liberty and equality and the bolsheviks laugh at the simplicity of these foreigners who allow themselves to be deceived with such consummate ease they have been shown just exactly what it pleased the government they should see the g p u or state political department which is but the cheka under a new name spies on their every movement with indefatigable persistence apparently they are at liberty to go anywhere they like but in reality their steps are carefully watched and though they may not know it they are virtually prisoners every word they speak is recorded they are only allowed to see the people who are considered desirable and if by accident they come in contact with any person who might betray the true state of affairs the latter is immediately removed by the g p u and some plausible excuse is given for their sudden disappearance europe has not yet been able to realize the crafty wiliness the evil force of these men who have taken possession of russia when we invite them to conferences when we shake hands with them 
treat them as lions and celebrities do we utterly forget that by their orders the tsar and his family were brutally murdered shot down in a way that should brand them with eternal shame have we forgotten the memory of the empress's sister the grand duchess elizabeth who after the assassination of her husband the grand duke serge entered a convent and devoted her whole life to the care of the sick and the ailing the poor and the unhappy do we no longer remember how she and the young grand dukes who were with her died have we forgotten the murder of captain cromie in the british embassy and the shameful desecration of his body and are we foolish enough to believe that the men who did these things can ever be trusted or considered that they will ever give up their far-reaching propaganda their secret hope of a world revolution and yet cowering under the grim rule of tyrannical despotism russia is not yet dead kolchak denikin wrangel have been defeated but now and then an attempt to overthrow the government flares up spasmodically bullets scream and whistle down the streets armed peasants turn out to fight the red soldiers cossacks ride into the village and shoot or hang the bolshevik commissaries men and women have sacrificed their lives in heroic and hopeless attempts to kill lenin or trotsky and every time reprisals so hideous that they shatter the people's courage are the punishment then the prisons are crowded again the war on religion becomes intensified and the problem of russia more insolvable than ever kiev with her golden gates moscow with her churches and palaces petersburg built by one man's endeavor was it for this they were made beautiful for a handful of jews and foreign outcasts for men who deride religion and teach their children to defy laws and morality poisoning the minds of the growing generation with the subtle doctrines of atheism and depravity will not the dead rise from their graves to deny it round the silver sarcophagus that holds the skull of vladimir at kiev round the coffins of the tsars in the kremlin in the fortress cathedral of petersburg where those other emperors lie at rest do not the shadows gather do not ghostly voices whisper does not the sound of wailing echo out into the night do not pale candles glimmer in the darkened windows frightening the men who say there is no god and the emperor with the rough face of iron the fierce eyes and mighty powerful hands is the grave deep enough to hold him does the silence of death wrap him close enough for his unquiet spirit not to hear the voice of his country calling in her bitter need the great tsar peter surely one day he will rise from the grave and summon those other mighty shadows of history to follow him vladimir the little red son of russia yaroslav the wise and alexander nevsky elia muromets stenkaratsin michael skopinchowski dmitri of the dawn the butcher cosmo minin prince Pozarsky, marshal munich perhaps and old suvorov with his rasping voice they will all ride out in battle array in the defence of holy russia yet it may be that some day indeed that phantom army will ride along with a living army and the old banner of st george or perhaps the double-headed eagle will replace that flaunting scarlet flag that flies above the kremlin but that day is not yet and who knows when or how or in what manner it will come but could the great tsar peter come once more to the city he raised from the swamps the window towards europe he built for his unwilling people and see her ruined disrepair her silent desolation abandoned as she is by the government 
i think his heart would break at the uselessness of all human endeavour a city of ghosts of lost hopes and fallen splendours of constant disorders and riots of dirt and squalor and sordid misery this is petrograd to-day the petersburg of the past if the spirit of the dead emperor wandered down those silent streets past the deserted churches the empty warehouses out onto the wide quays with the mournful palaces would he not cry out to the neva to rise and submerge this town of haunting tragic memories leaving only above the waters the slender spire of st peter and st paul pointing towards heaven as the faith of the russian people rises still a golden flame above the dark waters of bolshevism end of chapter fifteen and end of recollections of imperial russia by mariel buchanan read by jan morehouse of smith river california